The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. Uh, you can go to our website, www.cutemple.org, for more information about Christ Universal Temple. Again, www.cutemple.org. Also, I have a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you're on Facebook, please like it. Uh, It's the quickest and easiest way to get in contact with me. You can inbox me and, you know, ask me whatever you want to ask me or just say, hey, I appreciate the show. Or if you have questions, it's a great place to ask them. Now, we're in the process of starting a new series. I've been off a couple of weeks. and. You know, just to reboot for a moment, and we're going to walk a journey together with the book A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Now, I'm calling this series Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, A New Thought Perspective. And the reason why I'm I'm doing this is because, obviously, A New Earth is a massively successful book. You know, it's been promoted on Oprah. It's being promoted on Oprah's channel right now. where they're going through, I guess, the podcast or whatever it was that they did on the show. It's been an online phenomenon, mainly because of, one, the strength of the book, and two, because of Oprah's backing, which I believe has some divine intent to it. In other words, it's not by accident. The book really challenges what does it mean to live in spiritual consciousness, what does it really mean to be awakened? What does it really mean to be illumined? What's the difference between normal levels of human consciousness, human personality, or as he calls it, the ego, uh, as opposed to living as the spiritual being, living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law? So what I'm going to do with this series is from the perspective of a new thought minister. In other words, this isn't new thoughts interpretation of a new earth. This is one new thought minister's interpretation of a new earth. The interpretation that I'm working with right now. Why do I say that? Because I don't believe in being limited to 
the interpretation. How God reveals it to my soul is how I will teach it. If God reveals new insight or says change this, twist this, flip this around, I'll do it. I'm not married to interpretation. What I do want to help you get is a revelation that will lead to a realization so you can have a manifestation of your true nature, which is spirit. So we're going to walk into this book. And I do want to lay a couple of ground rules. Uh, One of them is when we talk about a new earth, we're going to be talking about it at multiple levels. (laughs) In new thought metaphysics and many mystical traditions, the heaven and earth represents the ideal. Heaven represents the spiritual ideal, sometimes represents the mind and earth represents the manifestation of that mind or the manifestation of that ideal. So like in the book of Revelation, um, it says, you know, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, which I believe is some, you know, uh, he mentions in his book, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And uh, towards the end of the book of Revelation, I saw a new level of consciousness and its manifestation. I see a new spiritual ideal and its manifestation. So, so earth is a plane of existence and heaven is a plane of existence, not as a place. When I say plane, I mean a state of consciousness where earth is a state of consciousness that is expressed. So anytime you start talking about a new earth, we're going to be talking about it from that level. But we're also going to be talking about it from the standpoint of when people are awake, can we literally create a new earth? In other words, a, a new way people function as people where they realize who they are in God and who God is in them, as opposed to, as he was stating in the book, the ego uh, or some of the new old new thought people would say living out of personality or human consciousness or adverse consciousness, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one of the ground rules. Also, in talking about this book, when I use the word consciousness because it's used so often. Um, there are people who talk about consciousness with a big C. Consciousness with a big C, some people use as relating to divine mind or God. Then there's consciousness small C, which I'm going to now give you the definition of. So normally when I use the word consciousness, I'll always be referring to uh, uh the entire mind, not just the intellectual conscious phase of mind, not just the personality or the soul or the uh, or, or or some will say total consciousness. Let me give you the definition that I'm going to be working with. This is from the revealing word by Charles Fillmore, page 41, the sense of awareness of knowing the knowledge or realization of any idea, object or condition. The sum total of all ideas accumulated in and affecting man's present being. The composite of ideas, thoughts, emotions, sensation, and knowledge that make up the conscious, subconscious, and superconscious phases of mind. It includes all that man is aware of, spirit, soul, and body. Now, that's a very strong definition. But the part that I like to focus on, a couple of them, one is a sense of awareness. Some people say that consciousness or soul is the awareness of being. I like the comp- the composite of ideas, thoughts, emotions, sensation, and knowledge that makes up the conscious, subconscious, and superconscious phases of mind. So we're going to get so those are two of the ground rules. The other thing is I'm, I'll be quoting from different New Thought authors to try to help bridge the gap between maybe some of his terminology. And the terminology that some new thought people use, um, I'll use biblical references when needed or any other reference that comes up in mind. I'm going to teach every chapter of the book. Every chapter of the book to make sure you get it. So this chapter, just, this episode, just like in the book, will be a setup to jump into the next chapter, which really, really gets to the meat of his message. So let's get started. If you If you don't have the book, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, make sure you get it. 
because as we're working with the book, I'm going to be giving page numbers out, and I want you to be able to read the chapter before I get to it. If just so happens you don't read the chapter before, you can work either with me or when you listen to the podcast, you can get your book out and work with it or read it before and after, and hopefully you'll get some new insight because I don't ever want to assume that I have the answers. As uh, Bruce Lee told the young man in Enter the Dragon, it's like a finger pointing at the moon. If you concentrate on the finger, you'll miss all the heavenly glory. I'm going to repeat that. It's like a finger pointing at the moon. If you concentrate on the finger, you'll miss all the heavenly glory. So every spiritual teacher, minister, and guru, monk, priest, aman, etc., are fingers pointing at the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger. Don't concentrate on the vehicle that's pointing. It's pointing to something. We're only pointing you back to the truth that's in you. I want to make sure that's clear. We're never saying, hey, look at me. I'm awesome. Now, we are awesome. Why? Because we're one with God just like you are. But we're not saying, hey, come look at me. My personality is awesome. We're saying, look at yourself and realize the awesomeness of God that is within you. And because you're one with God, the real you is awesome. The real you is unstoppable. The real you is powerful. The real you is loving. The real you is healthy. The real you is all that God is right here and right now. Hey, look, so last point of it is that I want to make far as ground rules are concerned is sometimes I'll be referencing Jesus's statement in the Lord's prayer, which is uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because this book is talking about that, not trying to get to the kingdom, but bringing the kingdom of God expression to our everyday lives. Thy kingdom comes. Thy will, which we in New Thought believe is absolute good because we believe the essential character of God is absolute good and God's will is consistent with God's character. In other words, God can't will for you something that's inconsistent with that's inconsistent with God's character. Therefore, thy will be done on earth, manifestation, as it is in heaven, the ideal. All right. To the book, page five, the purpose of this book, the purpose of this book states, is humanity ready for a transformation of consciousness? That That's not the whole statement, but that's a very powerful question. Is humanity ready for a transformation of consciousness? Now, I can't speak for all of humanity. I can only speak for me. And I know that for me, like most people I know, we push back against change. We like the norm. It allows the brain to do other things. When we know, okay, this routine is happening, these certain things are going to happen, no matter what, it allows us to to uh, not have to really stretch, not really have to grow. And I love to read and grow and challenge myself, et cetera, on some things. And then there might be other things where I'm like, you know what, let that stay the same. I don't want that to change. And that's part of why at times, like the Apostle Paul wrote, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. That's found in uh, the book of Romans chapter 8. So is humanity ready for a transformation of consciousness? I believe it is. I think more, you know, even though, as he talks about in the book, you know, we have created way way more um more ways to be destructive i think we've also found more ways to be productive so 
what's actually happening is the duality of human consciousness is evolving spiritually or we're seeing things differently. You know, how do you tackle, you know, you know, uh, um, issues of social issues like people being hungry and homeless, uh, health care, uh, finances, uh, government involvement, you know, people not wanting to have dictatorships and et cetera, people rebelling against those type of things. People becoming more conscious now. Most of it is because we have more access to what's going on around the world because of technology. But I also think it's an inner impulse that's saying, let's look at some, let's look at some of these things differently. And at the same time, there are folks who want things to remain the same that are fighting because they don't want things to change because when the old paradigm leaves, they have a new world that they don't recognize. And some people don't want to walk into that new world. So I believe that humanity is wrestling with itself and what it's going to do with its own evolution. In other words, it's evolving spiritually. But in the evolution of evolving spiritually, it forces you just like you would as an individual to deal with the chemicalization, which is the when the new truth meets those old tried and true die hard beliefs. And then there's a clash in the soul that creates an inner agitation. So if that happens on the individual level. It also happens on the collective level. That when people start to interject new ideas, new ways of thinking new ways of being, new ways of behaving that clash with the older ways, it creates agitation. You know, people have to deal with their beliefs, their prejudices, their biases, because you can't just keep them suppressed. You know, if you have an issue, for instance, in the United States, and you have issues with, with race, having a president, that's African-American challenges you at the soul level. If you have one of those beliefs, if a person um, has issues with sexism, seeing women in roles that they normally weren't in in the past would challenge you. If you have issues with ageism, the world moves so fast now that that you can't hold your error in place because there's no such thing. So so it's important to realize that humanity is evolving at a pace now where it's challenging people to deal with their own stuff individually and collectively. And that's really important to know. So when it says, is humanity ready for a transformation of consciousness? I want to pull it back and, and, and ask you, the listener, the question. Are you ready for a transformation of consciousness? Are you ready for your life to be radically different? Are you ready to allow spirit to lead the way? Are you ready to let go of biases, prejudices, etc.? And as Jesus said, you know how to put those this new wine in old wineskins. Are you ready to radically be a different person to the point to where you can say with the Apostle Paul, I die daily. I live, he also stated, yet not I, Christ lives in me. In other words, I don't have a, there is no Paul anymore. Which, by the way, in, in Greek, the word Paul means little. In biblical metaphysics, Saul represented the personal will. When he was tra- when he had his dem- road to Damascus experience, he turned into Paul, which was his Roman name, which means little. So the personal will had to become little so it could follow the will of God. Now, we're coming up on our first break. So I want to make sure that um, I stop at this point and give you the number if you want to call in. The number is 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Don't hesitate to call. I want to hear from you. Let me say that again. Don't hesitate to call. I want to hear from you. 888-558-6489. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. 
As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. What if you could improve your health one decision at a time? Take that first step and join us each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central and learn from experts in integrative medicine. Awaken to Your Best Health is committed to supporting your personal health through cutting-edge research, education, and practical tips that you can put into place immediately. Make that decision for yourself by saying yes to health. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm teaching the book, A New Earth, by Eckhart Tolle. And we're in the first chapter, chapter one, The Flowering of Human Consciousness. Now, before I go on, I want to read something. I think that'll kind of set the pace for um, the rest of what I have to say for today. This is from the book, Leave Your Nets by Joe Goldsmith. Leave Your Nets, page 23. He says, surgery from head to foot will never reveal the Christ of your being because it is not physical. It would be as difficult to see as it would be to take a seed and dissect it and attempt to find life in it. The life is not in the seed and no one will ever find it there. The seed is embedded in life and life flows in and out of the seed and around and through it, always there in its dormant state but always invisible. Suppose you looked at the seed and refused to plant it because you could not see that there is an invisible life force in that piece of inanimate matter. The seed then would remain a seed forever. But there is a life that acts upon the seed in and through it, causing it to break open, to form and to take root. There is an invisible life that does that it is called nature but nobody knows any more about the operation of nature than he knows about that of god we simply take on faith the truth that there is life working in the seed and that that life will appear outwardly as a plant how readily we accept what we see in nature as having its source in what is not visible how simple this is to understand. Why are we not as willing to accept the truth that as branches of the tree of life, we are not self-sustaining? In other words, what you see of me as a human being is not the totality of me. Just like the seed has the life force functioning through it. When this life force functions through me, through you, through every living thing as the source and sustenance of it. So uh, as we start talking about the flowering of human consciousness with a new earth, realize that just like you can't dissect the seed and find a plant, you can't dissect the normal levels of human consciousness and find Christ consciousness. 
You can't dissect your body and find your soul or your spirit. There, there are aspects of you that once you become aware of it, allows the flowering of it to come out in greater, uh, greater expression. But your body expresses life. It's a vehicle for life. And when life leaves the body, the body becomes inanimate matter. So it's not the body that makes you alive. The body shows you're alive. And what we call death is when the body no longer expresses the life that we are. Now, moving on. The book goes on to say, page five, talking about humanity, what we're ready for. Can they defy the gravitational pull of materialism and materiality? Oh, I butchered that. And the rise above identification with form that keeps the ego in place and condemns them to imprisonment within their own personality. In other words, are we really ready to stop putting all of our attention on the outer things of life and start understanding what it means to have a realization of our oneness with God? And as Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. In other words, what takes prominence in our consciousness, spirit or the ego attachments now? A person can have the exact same material things and view them completely different because one is looking at it from the perspective of spirit. In other words, these are, this is just the infinite expression of God's goodness in my life, but God is first. And because I have the consciousness of, of what I desire. I'll always have more than what I more than enough of what I need or desire. Or you can look at it from the standpoint of the ego, from the human personality, from the human consciousness and believe that the car, the house, the jewelry, the money make you who you are. And you're more concerned about how that how those things make you feel instead of enjoying them, because there are many people who buy stuff. And I'm all for buying stuff, by the way, and I'm all for prospering. I'm all for having as much money as you desire and all the stuff that you desire, if that's what you want. The issue is, is you must be the master of the stuff. The stuff can't master you. If you're buying stuff and then it goes in the closet, you don't even enjoy it. Are you just ready for the next thing? Many times people purchase things that they don't even enjoy. They get it because they think they're supposed to have it or they want to be the first one with it or they think they're supposed to have it as a part of the the uh, mask that they they wear. You know, so this is why people couldn't understand why Sam Walmart uh, would drive a pickup truck when he owned the l- largest and fastest growing corporation as far as retail stores are concerned. But he wasn't concerned with uh that for him he was a simple guy who worked hard and wanted to plan and executed it so for him overalls and uh, and driving around in this pickup truck worked he didn't have to as you know as we used to say when i was a kid he didn't have to stunt you know you know let me show what i have and what i do and etc i'm not saying stunning is right or wrong but when you're in a consciousness of peace with what you have it's very rare that people of real wealth stunt you know it just really doesn't really if you read the book the millionaire mind i believe it's by last name is stanley what you'll discover is people with real wealth rarely do that you know you won't they can walk down the street right next to you and you won't recognize you won't know that they are multi-millionaire or billionaire you would have no idea because they don't care about how they outwardly, you know, look now they'll be clean. They'll be dressed. They'll be whatever they need to be, but they're not walking around like, um, you know, some rapper with $500,000 worth of jewelry on that, you know, some groupie can steal. And next thing you know, you out of 150 grand because they just stole your chain. 
um, you know, it was a, it was a story um, on the news a couple of days ago where uh, talking about how Shaq Shaquille O'Neal had to get in control of his money. He says when he signed his first contract, his very first contract, he spent one million dollars in 30 minutes. First of all, I just love the fact that he's in the space to be able to spend one million dollars in 30 minutes. But then his agent called him and said, man, what the heck is, are you doing? You, you won't have any money doing what you're doing. So I think it's imperative that we understand that there is a part of us that wants to say, hey, let me go do all of this, and then you don't have it because it's it's about the show instead of it being about um, expressing my talents as God has given me. I'm going forward doing the things that I need to do. And am I allowing my ego to drive me or am I being led by spirit? Okay. Now, then it goes on to say, I love this. Bottom of page six. This book's main purpose is not to add new information or beliefs to your mind or try to convince you of anything, but to bring about a shift of consciousness. That is to say, to awakened. In this, in that sense, this book is not interesting. Interesting means you can keep your distance, play around with ideas and concepts in your mind, agree or disagree. This book is about you. It will change your state of consciousness or it will be meaningless. It will only awaken, awaken those who are ready. Not everyone is ready yet, but many are. And with each person who awakens, the momentum in the collective consciousness grows and it becomes easier for others. So what this is saying is a couple of things is I love it. He said, I'm not trying to give you any new information. Jesus taught it. Buddha taught it. You know, taught in scriptures and religions and philosophers around the world. You have this. Motivational teachers, inspirational teachers, human potential movements, transformational seminars. The self-help industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. Is this really about gaining new information? Or as I stated earlier, it's like a finger pointing at the moon. Getting you to realize that the truth is in you. And since the truth is in you, once you realize the truth in you, there, a shift happens. A shift happens. And when the shift happens, you start to free yourself. And he says, every time someone awakens, it helps every other person awaken. In New Thought, we use the term race consciousness, which isn't used a lot now because people denote race with ethnicity race consciousness only meant human race what are the dominant beliefs of the collective human consciousness we call that race consciousness all of humanity's past form of thinking the mental vibration that makes up what it means to be a human being this uh the this co- collective conditioning joel goldsmith called it the universal mortal belief system uh, i think carl young is coined the term collective consciousness the point of it is this when you get free you make it easier for everyone else to get free it's sort of like in the movie the matrix they would free one person at a time and now they gave them an opportunity to free others but when they freed neo they realized they had the potential if neo was free he had the potential to free way more people because of his enlightened consciousness and abilities in the matrix. Well, you'll still be walking around in a body, but you'll be awake. You'll know who you are spiritually. You'll be able to know that you and everyone else, like they say in the movie, the matrix is the one. And your collective consciousness helps Everyone, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So this is one of the reasons why people are attracted or gravitate toward 
spiritual leaders with high levels of consciousness. And people automatically assume that that's a human consciousness thing. Well, you know, all they're just following a person's ego or they're trying to make that person their God. I don't believe that's always the case. I do. I do think that happens. But when a person functions from a really high level of consciousness, something within you knows that this person is emanating and being a demonstration of truth. And you're drawn to it. But as you're drawn to it, watch and what they do and listen to what they teach so you can learn how to do it yourself. So you can become a way shore just like that person is a way shore. So a person like a Jesus, for instance, and I'm talking out of my own culture. So wonderfully demonstrated God. That his followers couldn't think about the God of their tradition. The God that was revealed to Moses, to Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac, and Joseph, and Elijah, and Elisha, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, and David, and Samuel, and Samson. The God that was revealed through their more than a thousand year, 1500 year culture at the time of Jesus. They couldn't think about that God without thinking about Jesus. It makes you wonder just how strong his consciousness was uh, that from a tradition that told people don't have any images of God. Don't make any kind, you know, no graven images. Don't put, you know, uh, you know, I'm the Lord, that God. You shall have no other gods before me. But they couldn't think of that God, the burning bush God, the God that freed them from Egypt, the God that freed them throughout their history. They couldn't think about that God without thinking about Jesus and saying, not only do we recognize that Jesus represents this God, represents, represents. But he gives us a way of looking at that God in a radically new way. If you look at Jesus as a state of consciousness removed from all of the other things that religion has put on him, just how magnificent was his consciousness? That people couldn't see, think, or feel or believe about God without actually thinking about him. So, so when they saw him and they thought about him, they thought about him from this, that standpoint. Now, Jesus was teaching them that they had the same access and ability. But as people teach a message, the further it gets away from the originator, the more it gets watered down. And the iconoclast, in other words, the person who brings down icons, who brings down beliefs and structures, becomes the icon him or herself. They then become a structure that people worship when Jesus was trying to break down structures and let people know that the kingdom of God is within them and the kingdom of God was at hand and they're the light of the world and they're the salt of the earth and teaching people how to access that power for themselves without taking anything away from his shine because you couldn't take away Jesus' shine if you wanted to. The point that I'm making is this. When you awake, when you wake up, let's say if your family, when you wake up, you make it easier for your whole family to wake up. When you wake up in your culture, your religion, your uh, neighborhood, when, whatever, when you wake up, you make it easier for everyone else to wake up. But not only just in your environment, when you wake up, you help somebody in Australia and Japan and China to wake up because we're all connected. We're all connected. So when you rise. I rise, and when I rise, you rise. That's key. I do want to, before we go on to the next break, I do want to remind you all that the Panorama of Truth by the Universal Foundation for Better Living is coming up July 23rd through the 27th. You can go to www.ufbl.org, www.ufbl.org to get more information, and I'm one of the speakers. We're going to take our last break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. 
in a state of change, a period of transition? Perhaps you simply don't know which way to turn, or you want guidance on taking that next step in your personal or professional life. You can activate the power of yes with Reverend Beverly Melander. As a new thought minister and next step counselor, she knows how to listen to where you are and help you get to where you want to be. With 20 plus years of experience, she offers spiritual counseling and affirmative prayer next step counseling for your personal or professional life, as well as resume writing and editing. To learn more about Beverly's counseling services, visit beverlymelander.net. That's Beverly, M O L A N D E R.net. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Hi, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm teaching at Cartolet's A New Earth from a New Thought Perspective, and I want to read another quote from another book because it'll help with the part that I'm about to teach. This is from Joe Goldsmith's book, A Parenthesis in Eternity. A Parenthesis in Eternity, page six. The spiritual life is not gained by giving up smoking or drinking or the eating of meat or by the studying or by studying for a few years or by attending churches or classes. If only it were that easy. Now, he's not talking against those things. He's putting it in context. The kingdom is attained by dying daily, every day of the week, as a part of our involvement in the life of the spirit. We must see to it that some trace of humanhood either leaves us or is sent about its business. Every problem must be viewed as an opportunity to rise above whatever the situation may be. And if that sounds too difficult, it is better not to begin. But if there is a drive in us that compels us to go forward, then we must be patient and persist until we do attain. Attainment is possible to everyone who sets out on this spiritual adventure, and it is possible without price except the one great price. There is a price. Sell all that thou hast. That is the price, and it is paid in the coin of our devotion. So the spiritual life has everything to do with the level of your devotion, your commitment, your focus to it. Sell all that you have. Follow me. Remember Jesus said, and I'll make you fishers of men. All right. So we move on. There's so much stuff that I wanted to teach. I could probably teach this book, A New Earth, for several, several more weeks than I have it set up for the 10-week course. But because I have so much extra resource material that I pull out that I'm probably not going to even get to. But anyway, back to the book. He says on page eight, if we look more deeply into human. Oh, excuse me. Let me go back up. Page eight. This is why this book shows the main aspects of the ego and how they operate in the individual as well as in the collective. This is important for two reasons. 
The first is that unless you know the basic mechanics behind the workings of the ego, you won't recognize it and it will trick you into identifying with it again and again. This means it takes over you, an imposter pretending to be you. And when it says pretending to be you, if you're a spiritual being living in the spiritual universe governed by spiritual law and you're not functioning as spirit walking around with a human suit on, then you're pretending to be somebody that you're not. Any concept of, of you that doesn't begin with you are a spiritual being is false. It's a lie. It's an illusion. And it's the delusion of human consciousness. All right. He goes on to say the second reason is that the act of recognition itself is one of the ways in which awakening happens. When you recognize the unconsciousness in you, that which makes you makes the recognition possible is the arising consciousness is awakening. All right. You cannot fight against the ego and win just as you cannot fight against darkness. The light of consciousness is all that is necessary. You are the light. So what he's saying is when you realize who you are spiritually, this gives you the opportunity to shine the light that you are, to express the light that you are, to come forth and allow yourself to 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 grow now here's the thing that's interesting and you know it's it's definitely challenging to think about h emily katie says that every man believes himself to be in bondage to the flesh and the things of the flesh all suffering is the result of this belief which means that we think that we're in bondage to this human condition, and that's why we suffer. That in and of itself is, the, is a lie because we're not just human beings. But she also says the desire is the impulse of spirit. Now, not desire like people teach or in connection to materi- materiality, but desire from the standpoint of a, the desire to, to that knows that life can be different, that it should be better than this, that, that I should be living – and feeling and being whole. And that impulse is spirit within you pushing on your soul consciousness, letting you know that there's another way, there's a higher way. So when he says that you recognize that maybe this is not the way it should be, that recognition is a part of your awakening. I'm saying, along with Katie, that Part of that awakening is because your spirit, the grace of God, the love of God is seeking to express through you so strongly that even in the midst of uh, of conditioned human thinking, it's still pushing through to express through you. All right. I'm not going to have time to teach this the way I want to teach it. Uh, and the book. Inspiration, Your Ultimate Calling, Inspiration by Dwayne Dyer. On page pages 29, 30, 31, and 32, he talks about the ego's dominant message and messages. And he took these points from the book The Disappearance of the Universe by Gary Renard, which is based upon A Course of Miracles. And he... He, I'm only going to read a couple of them, well, maybe just the first one, just to give you an idea. He says, the ego says you are a body. The Holy Spirit says you're not even a person. You're just like me. You're a source of being. This teaching shows us that our ego insists, that, insists we're impermanent, which is opposed to our being what Lao Tzu, the mystical spiritual teacher of the 6th century BC, taught, that that which never changes. In other words, I am that which never changes. When we think about our life here on earth. We can't avoid the awareness that everything we experience, including our body, returns to dust to be recycled by spirit. Our ego finds this concept impossible to accept. In other words, we get attached to our body. So we're so attached to our body, we fear death. We call that mortality. And we refuse to live as well, which is crazy. All right. All right. I'm not going to get into 
that. I gave you the source information. If you want to read it yourself, you can. Back to the book. In the first chapter of A New Earth, he says, page eight, if we look more deeply into humanity's ancient religions and spiritual traditions, we find that underneath the many surface differences, there are two core insights that most of them agree on. The words they are they use are to describe those insights differ, yet they all point to a twofold fundamental truth. The first part of this truth is the realization that the normal, and he has that in quotation, state of mind of most human beings contain a strong element of what might be called dysfunction or even madness. Okay, and he talks about how from the standpoint of regular levels of human consciousness, this dysfunction continually shows up as violence, as, uh, as mistreatment of others, as the, as the rapid destruction of our natural resources on the planet, dog eat dog world mentalities. If you know, if I get mine, you can't have yours type of mentality. Not functioning in love and new thought. We call that duality or dual consciousness, which is a byproduct of the allegory, allegory, not real story of Adam and Eve eating of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, which means when we stop thinking from the standpoint of oneness and sameness and start thinking in terms of duality of good and bad, now we have good, but we also have this other because our thinking is on other. We're aware of the other. Now, is the other real? No, but the other has the life that we give it based upon our consciousness. So even though God is the principle of absolute good, why does evil show up in the world? Evil exists. Evil is on a reality. In other words, it's not permanent, enduring, eternal, et cetera, et cetera. It's the byproduct of, of adverse states of consciousness, of levels of consciousness that don't recognize the wholeness of spirit. That's really important. That's really important because we're born into this level of awareness. It's the conditioned thinking of humanity that there's duality. And when spiritual teachers start talking about everything is one, everything is one, everything is one, everything is one, we don't acknowledge it. We can't accept it because we've been conditioned to think in polarity from the standpoint of if, if this is good, then 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 it has to have the byproduct of the evil. If there's a God, there has to be a devil. If there's a heaven, there has to be a hell. What I realizing that what we call those polarities are just expressions of the one. And what do I mean by that? You know, sometimes what we call bad or evil conditions is just a byproduct of our own thinking, our own beliefs individually or collectively or and we get the by, we get the expression of that. That's not necessarily evil. It's a byproduct. It's a result. We label it and name it, and call it something, and then now we have something we can call evil. But I tell people all the time that show me evil without human beings being involved or affected. And I've yet to have one person give me one example of something that's evil. Where see, because the evil was a thing, it could exist independently. Of people, you know, I, I can you, I can tell you, point to me a lion, and you can say, "Let's go to the zoo." Turn on, turn on your computer, look it up on your phone. Lions exist independent of human beings. But, and you can say, "Well, what about God?" Well, God is life. I can show you examples of life. God is principle. I can show you the examples of principle that this this is a universe, physical universe, not just talking about spiritual and physical, just the physical part that is governed by precise laws that allows us to put spaceships on the moon and, and for guys to bounce around, hop around on the moon. The laws are that exact. Is that by accident? You plant a seed in, in soil. It'll grow whatever this. Uh, it'll grow whatever it was intended to grow. That's life. That's divine order. But show me an example of evil where people aren't involved, where either they didn't do it, or they weren't affected. It's a hurricane evil if people aren't around, or their property isn't damaged. 
It's hurricanes in the ocean all the time. Nobody talks about them until they affect people. Tsunamis evil if people aren't affected or affected by them? No. Evil isn't a thing. It's a byproduct of fallen human consciousness. Consciousness that believes in duality. Consciousness functions out of the dysfunction. This is what Eckhart Tolle is talking about. So you can read the rest of this chapter. I'm not reading chapters to people. I read. I teach you read. Next week, be ready for ego, the current state of humanity, because I am going to go into more points in the chapter from this particular, uh, in the book from this particular chapter. So be ready. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment from Reverend Joan Gattuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 